First, let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. If uh, you want to sell your house, you want to get the right real estate agent, you want somebody that you can really trust, somebody that knows your neighborhood, somebody that can price your house to move but not price it so low that you lose money. You need realestateagentsitrust.com. We have built a network of over a 1,000 uh, agents who actually market their sellers' homes. They're not marketing themselves. They're selling your home. If you want your home sold fast, on time, for the most amount of money, uh, and the least hassle, here's a bunch of uh, people that we've put together that you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Last night, I was sitting in what's called the gallery. That's where the the average person, if you will, sits up above the floor of the, uh, of the house. I was at the 50-yard line facing the president and Pence, but it gave me a different view that I've never seen before. It gave me a view of the backs of all of the uh, of the people in the house, so I could see who was taking selfies. I could see who was on Facebook or looking, you know, at uh, Instagram. And I have a very, very different perspective today on the State of the Union. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, uh, we are going to get right to the program here in just a second. First, we need to tell you a little bit about LifeLock. Uh, LifeLock is the company that is going to help you make sure that your identity is not th- thieved. Is that right, Stu? Thieved? Oh, that's totally that's a, a language. I'm not sure which one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you got to make sure it's that It's not that stolen, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, that's kind of an important thing yeah. I would say these days. Considering every single day we could do another hour of the show uh, based on new data breaches, people's identity being stolen, people's money being stolen. Uh, I mean, the, the hacking is constant. I mean, we, we did a story. What was it a month or two ago? Where they mm-hmm. were now advertising jobs for new hackers to steal identities at over seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. $700,000 a year just to hack, and they're advertising on the dark web. Somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, and you're most likely going to miss identity threats, if you're, especially if you're just monitoring your credit. LifeLock, they're the best in the business at this. Mm-hmm. You need this. It's yep. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back. Yep, no one can prevent all identity theft, of course, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can uncover threats you might miss on your own. Join now. Get 10% off your first year by using that promo code that you mentioned, Glenn. It is mm. Beck, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code Beck for 10% off. So uh, there were some really incredible moments in the speech last night. Uh, and I don't know what the rest of the media is saying, nor do I care. I'm in uh, I'm in Washington D.C. at our uh, Blaze uh, Washington bureau, and uh, I had the opportunity to sit in the chamber uh, last night, and it was a bizarre experience. And if we have time, I'll tell you uh, the things that I saw 
last night, all the way from do you know what is facing the speaker? Do you know what if when the speaker or the president is standing there, what's on the wall above the doors? Would you be surprised if I told you a, a giant medallion, a, uh, uh, a, a plaster cast, if you will, of Moses? They have all the great lawmakers. And behind the president was Madison and Jefferson. But when you're standing there and you're looking up, you're looking at Moses. So I've, I've got some interesting things to tell you, and I have... Uh, some fascinating things to tell you about how radical the left really is. It is worse than I thought it was uh, just standing in the in the chamber. Uh, and so we'll get to that. Also, the things that the president did say last night, um, you know, I know the press is probably going to say it was a very divisive, you know, when Bill Clinton stood up and he lost the chamber, uh, you know, he was very conciliatory. He was like, hey, boy, we uh, there are big governments apparently over. And then he worked together with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then George Bush came in. You know, and he said, I've got a strategy for this war, and I know nobody really wants to support it, but we're going to do a surge and and just help. So he doubled down at evil guy. Uh, And then Obama came in, and when he lost his midterms, what did he do? He thumbed his nose at the Tea Party. He thumbed his nose at anybody who was trying to derail. I thought the president did a little of both. I thought the president, and and it was amazing. I don't know if you could hear it on television, but they hissed him several times. Could you hear that, Stu? Uh, no, were, I didn't. I couldn't really take. The, I didn't hear the hissing. No. Oh my gosh! They hissed at him several times. Uh, they groaned several times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like when he said, uh, you know. Uh, I think we'd be at war right now. But he said, in my opinion, I think we'd be at war right now with North Korea. Um, you know, sometimes there were some chuckles and things like that. Uh, but I thought the president didn't take himself so seriously, at least in the room. I don't know how it translated. But in the room, he was, I thought... Um, conciliatory i think he tried to come in and say look these are the things we have to work on these things and we have to work together and i think he gave the democrats i was i was sitting because you're sitting with next to strangers and you don't know who's who you don't know uh, you know what anybody's political bent is so you really don't talk about politics when you're up in the gallery because you're sitting next to strangers and you don't want to have a fist fight um, and so we were just kind of sitting up there and a few of us, and, and I didn't know anybody. Uh, and I was just talking to people. I don't know which way they were going, et cetera, et cetera. And I made the comment. I said, you know, if if the public and uh, and the um, uh, the organizations outside would have given the president a different ushering in, do you think it would have been different? And everybody said, yes, would have been different, uh, would have been, uh, he would have worked together. And I think that's true. Uh, and if you look at what he was talking about last night, there are things that they can work together on. But 
when you're in the room, you can see why the president gets so uh, upset. Because I've never seen this, and I don't know if anybody was covering this, but I saw a few disturbing things. First of all, I've got to get the picture of the row that um, uh, that Ocasio-Cortez was sitting in. Um, she was sitting there with six or eight women, and then the uh, the women behind her as well. I want to know who those people were. She was sitting in the center, and she was sitting at the table. She is running the at least the freshman but i will tell you i snuck into the party with um uh nancy pelosi in her office uh you know the, uh, i was with thomas massey and he said they'll just think i'm a freshman senator they won't know who i am or a freshman congressman they won't know who i am uh and i'm like i don't think they're gonna know who i am uh and walked in and we were just trying to get to the balcony of the speaker's uh place that thing is bigger than uh, that. That Nancy Pelosi's office is bigger than many houses in America, and it was a party scene. It was actually grotesque. It was a party scene that was uh, happening in there, and Ocasio Cortez was right at her side. And I think Nancy Pelosi is keeping her close because she knows how dangerous she is. But I will tell you, they've empowered her so much. She was running a lot of the responses last night. She was in the center, and I saw her several times look around, look behind her, um, and and almost seemingly coach on where we're moving and how we're going to react. It was fascinating to watch. The woman that, if you are looking at her face on, the woman on her left, Stu, I don't know who it is because I couldn't see her face, but she had short hair. She was, you know, maybe 50, 40, 50, um, I think. Uh, And we got to know who she is because, boy, oh, boy, the vibes off of that woman uh, were, were intense. These are radicals that are sitting in there absolute radicals when uh ocasio cortez when they said certain things like uh um you know we uh, let's take the border uh we we have a caravan they hissed uh they booed uh or they grumbled i should say when they did that she did not stand for any of it. She was staring down the president. I mean, many times when the president was speaking, he would stop. And when he was, he would look at the other side and he said at one point, uh, no, don't sit down. You're going to love this. Um, that was at the very beginning. But several times he looked right at Ocasio-Cortez and he was delivering it to her. Uh, and, for instance, when he said, we will never go socialist, I don't know if he said those words or right after he said those words, he looked right at her and that progressive caucus. Uh, it was it was phenomenal what was going on um, inside. But I will tell you, I have thought that the the progressive caucus, they were radical. You have no idea. You have no idea. I would not want to be the president of the United States uh, at this point because there is 
I mean, to say there's no love between them uh, is is a massive, massive understatement. When he was talking at the end, and he was building, um, I thought, a very Reagan-esque look at America, he opened and closed with some of the best stuff uh, I've I've heard. Um, it's sent probably since Reagan. Uh, the Democrats did not um, did not like that. Um, many times I, wa- I looked down and they were shaking their head like, oh, this claptrap, this ridiculous America claptrap. It was phenomenal to watch. I said to a, um, a, a congressman, a couple of congressmen last night, you need to wire a new camera. You need to put a camera right where I was sitting, right in the center, up on the balcony, front row. I was I was actually in the last row, but they're very close. But put that camera right there in the front row because you can see at one point when he was talking about um, the caravan that was coming uh, up through Mexico again, they all scoffed. They hissed. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez just shook her head and whispered something to her friend, uh, and they both they both kind of laughed and shook their head in disgust. And then Ocasio-Cortez lifted up her phone and took a selfie. And it was like, oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how many people were scrolling their Facebook pages, and they were just not even paying attention. On the other hand, there were a few people, Joe Manchin is one of them, that stood Every time the Republicans stood, um, there was a woman, and I don't know who she was, uh, who she is. She was in the house, and she was wearing. If you were looking from the president's perspective, she would be on his far right and almost under the balcony and uh, midway, and she was wearing hot pink or a fuchsia color dress. She stuck out, and I, I say that because Stu, I want you to see if you can look at the crowd. Find out who that woman was, because she was all alone, absolutely all alone, standing uh, at times. Uh, and I'd like to know who she was as Kri- well. Was that Kristen Cinema, the new senator from Arizona? She, I believe she was the one that did not wear the white uh, when everyone else was wearing white. Yeah, neither did Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. I think Kamala was wearing black, which was last year's color, because last (laughs) year was all about Me Too, and that color was black. And this one is women united in the workforce or whatever, and that's white. All right, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be very time-consuming, especially if you're a small business owner. You have to post your job to several online job boards, and then you get tons of wrong resumes. You have to sort through all of those resumes. Uh, and find just a few people with the right skills and experience. Those job sites uh, that overwhelm you with the wrong resumes, those are not smart. They're not smart websites. They're not uh, smart systems. And it's not smart for you to go there and and do it. I want you to try ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. They go out and they find the candidates for you. It's not just posting. It learns what you are looking for. And then the algorithms are so amazing, smart technology, that it goes out and it finds the people. That's why ZipRecruiter, they don't send you just a buttload of resumes. They send you the most qualified and the ones that fit what you're looking for. 
and they are all marked so they rank them it's why um most employers find somebody within the first hour that is qualified the first hour make your life so much easier go to ziprecruiter.com slash back that's ziprecruiter.com slash back if you're hiring do it the smart way with ziprecruiter it's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free right now. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We pause now for 10 seconds. Station ID. Last night, uh, I was on my way back to the hotel. It was late at night, and um, I got a call uh, from the head of my company, and he said, I've got some really bad news. And I said, okay, and he said, this is really bad news. Are you seated? I said, yeah, I'm in the car. I'm on the way back to the hotel he said uh doc thompson was killed um tonight and it took me a while to even process if at first it just didn't what Apparently, Doc Thompson, who did the Morning Blaze for a long time uh, at the Blaze uh, TV and radio, uh, was out jogging last night, and he had his um, earbuds in, and he was jogging next to the railroad tracks. And apparently, um, we think that his headphones were up so loud that he could not hear the train that was coming and it uh, sideswiped him and killed him. Doc, Doc was one of the more talented and gregarious guys that I know. Um, he was a guy who would come into my office all the time. I got an idea. I got an idea. He was the the ultimate entrepreneur, and he left us, was it during this last summer, Stu? Yeah, not, not too long ago. Um, he left us to start his own business, and um, I was thrilled for Doc because... That's who he is. He was just an entrepreneur and an idea guy, and he loved entrepreneurs, and he loved new businesses. And, and because of Doc, many businesses are flourishing because he would really take them under his wing, and he cared deeply about people who were trying to do business. Um, and he left to start uh, his own broadcast unit and unfortunately he put every single penny he had in it uh and he was the kind of guy who bet on tomorrow and bet uh on himself 
and he leaves behind a wife and two children. There is a GoFundMe cave page. Uh, it's GoFundMe.com slash doc hash, or what do you call it? Uh, you know, hyphen Thompson. Well, we'll send it out from the and, social pages here. Go ahead and make sure everyone can get the right link. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you can if you can help, here's a guy who believed in the American dream. Here's a guy that, for the Blaze family, uh, woke so many people up every morning um, and always just had a positive attitude um, and a can-do spirit. And we are devastated as a family um, and devastated for his family. And we would ask that if you um, ever listened to Doc or or appreciated anything that he did, that you would help his family out. GoFundMe.com slash Doc hyphen Thompson. I don't know. Seems like we're getting a wake-up call. Jeff Fisher, uh, who worked on this program and still works for The Blaze, worked on this program for 20 years. Um, and a good friend had a heart attack over this uh, holiday. He lived, but it he had a heart attack that doctors call the Widowmaker. Most people don't make it. Uh, and there's something... Something happens when you start losing contemporaries, and Doc was younger uh, than I than I am, um, and I urge you to cherish every single moment. Cherish every moment, and uh, I know this sounds cliche, but there is nothing more important than your family. Nothing more important than your family. Um, I don't care how important your job is. I've learned this. Take care of your family and spend the time with your kids. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. So 1-800-Flowers.com is here to remind you. Um, you know that uh, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, right? You know that it's next week. Have you done anything yet? Roses are a no-brainer. Call 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. Use the promo code BECK. 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, when you order early, and this is still considered early, you can get 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99, or you can double it to the 36-stem Enchanted Roses for 20 bucks more. It's a great offer. It expires today, so you have to do it today. 1-800-Flowers. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com. They're picked at their peak, shipped overnight. Order now the Rose Medley for $29.99 or double it for an extra 20 bucks. 1-800-Flowers.com. Radio code Beck. More on the State of the Union coming up. Glenn was there. He was there with a congressman, and he's going to be coming on the program here in just a moment. Thomas Massey joins us next. Why pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought for a government-run health care system and stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? That's AARP. 
Join AMAC, the conservative alternative. Same money-saving benefits of AARP without the liberal agenda. Stand with AMAC as they fight the good fight. Become a member today. Join now at amac.us slash USA. amac.us slash USA. One of the good guys in uh, Congress is uh, Thomas Massey, uh, who I was with. I was his guest last night, and I appreciate the invitation. Thanks uh, for coming, man. You bet. Glad to have you. Um, can we turn his mic on? I can't hear him. Um, Congressman, can you... Uh, what was the most significant thing that you thought happened last night? I think the most significant thing was when the president said the United States will never be a socialist country. And uh, it it looked to me like 50% of the Democrats were glued to their seats and not clapping. In, in other words, they are outright endorsing socialism now, about half of their conference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, four years ago, if you had called Obama a socialist, they would tell you you're a racist. Oh, uh, no, I I know that firsthand. <laughs> I know that firsthand. And now but now the mask is off and they're openly running as socialists. And, and the ones who aren't openly running as socialists uh, recognize it's a huge part of their primary voting base and mm-hmm. don't want to upset the socialists. But I think it points to a big problem with the Democrat Party that they have going forward. It's a, you know, the extreme form of what uh, small government Republicans advocate for is libertarianism. Mm-hmm. In other words, we just leave everybody alone. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The extreme form of what the Democrats campaign on is communism mm-hmm. and socialism. Mm-hmm. And so they are out, out socializing each other. I know. And it's it. What was amazing was it wasn't to placate. It, 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 I so suppose it is for some to placate uh, their base, but there are hardcore extremists on the left now in Congress. I mean, I was shocked. Another thing that was even more extreme in the reaction was when President Trump called out. Uh, the third trimester, like, yes. and later, mm-hmm. if you will, which right. is five seconds later, I right. guess, when he called out uh, how wrong it was to kill infants who were just born, and I didn't, I didn't see them stand up or clap for that. No, not the, not those hardcore women in the white in I the center. Mo- Some most, of them, I think, almost the whole Democrat caucus uh, refused to clap when he. <sighs> I mean, that's so you're Stunning. talking about extremism. This is Stunning. where they've gone in in two to four years. Yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, and this disappointed me with my own party, uh, when the president said uh, great countries don't fight endless wars. That to me was an, a, a, an obvious bipartisan applause line. I thought so, too. And I was like maybe one of two dozen who stood up out of 435 and clapped for that. I, that concerns me. This is uh, because it's really Congress's authority and decision of where uh, to deploy our troops. And uh, we've abdicated that. Uh, and this is a president who might have to be the person who stops these wars. Like that would be his greatest legacy, not – Creating another social program mm-hmm. like paid maternity leave. leave for men, you know, and that was crazy. <laughs> he said so many things last night 
that they should have, for instance, the end of endless wars. That's where their party has always been. That's that's what Obama said he was going to do. He promised it, never delivered it. Right. Here's a guy who actually looks like he's going to deliver it, and they are not for it. It's crazy. It, it was stunning to me, frankly. Um, the arrogance you and I went through Nancy Pelosi's office and, uh, and well, we kind of crashed that party. Yeah. I mean, we didn't rifle through the desk. You wouldn't let me, but uh, <laughs> we went through and it was a huge party. Um, and her office area, I don't even know how big it actually is, but it looks as big as some people's houses. Well, it's it's a large complex, but that was Paul Ryan's office, uh, you know, just two months ago. Right. And but John Boehner's before. The reason why I bring it up is the arrogance, the arrogance that um, that people who are in Washington can gain quickly. I mean, you come up to that office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are the king of the world. Here's something I didn't show you about the office. That's on the second floor. Mm -hmm. To get to the majority leader's office, you have to go to the speaker's office, get in an elevator, and go up a floor. So nobody can go to the number two person's office without walking through the number one person's office. Oh, my gosh. And so it's it's a way that the speaker always keeps a check on the person who's immediately below the speaker. And there, there's so much power that has concentrated into the Speaker's office. This is dangerous for Congress. Like, we, it's, I've, I've joked that we take one vote and then we're done for two years, which mm -hmm. is we vote for the Speaker on the mm -hmm. first day of Congress, mm -hmm. and then the Speaker calls all the shots. It didn't used to be that way, but the Speaker has all the power. Uh, they control whether you get fundraising donations mm -hmm. or not mm -hmm. from the PACs. The speaker controls whether your bills come up on the floor. The speaker even has so much power over the committee chairman that they can tell the committee chairman don't have a hearing on that person's bill. And they pick – they basically pick who's going to be on what committee. And it didn't used to always be that way. So last night you said something really profound um, to me. You were wearing uh, a pin, and if you happen to be watching, it's this pin. Uh, it is um, – uh, the congressional pen, yours is uh, 116. They're all numbered. And, you know, the police move out of your way. You are right. you are the king when you have this pen. And it's making me nervous that you're holding it and I'm not because I call it precious. <laughs> <laughs> it is, too. It is. And you 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 weren't wearing it uh, right. uh, for the when I first met you last right. night. Uh, and then when we start walking over the Capitol, you put it on uh, and you actually apologized yeah. for putting it on. Because when you put this pin on, it goes to your head. And this is what happens to 434 uh, members of the House. The Senate has a pin, too. But you, when you put this on, the police get out of your way. The tourists take note. Uh, the staffers won't speak in an elevator if they see somebody with a pin on. And it start, you start to feel those reactions, how people react to you. They react to you differently, and uh, it changes your thought process. So just like if a hobbit, you know, if you're a yeah, Lord of yeah. the Rings fan, right. when a hobbit puts on the, the ring, it starts corrupting them. And the same thing happens when you put on this congressional pin. And so I try not to wear it. Now, last night, there were extra guards 
who uh, aren't normally at the Capitol, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to get face planted into the granite. Uh, they are you know, serious. <laughs> oh, last they night were they were everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever been to anything with so many police and Secret Service. I mean, it they were <laughs> everywhere, deep. I mean, they were lined up deep. I got to tell you this. As, uh, so there's a designated survivor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Rick Perry last night, I think. Was it? Yeah. Well, as people filtered into the room, certain cabinet members, I'm not going to say who, I was like, that's not the designated survivor. <laughs> <laughs> he's here, <laughs> so he's not the designated. I'm not going to tell you which of the cabinet members I felt that way about. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I've never... Um, you know, because we were in what an hour early, yeah. Um, and so the people who are right up next, the ones who are always taking their photos with the president and and everybody else, right? Those are not assigned seats. You no. go in; anyone can sit anywhere, yes. except except for except the, for the leadership, yeah, the leadership. Yeah. Um, and uh, so those people get in four hours ahead of time, and they have to sit there. You can't put your name on a seat and walk away. So there are congressmen that show up and sit down for four hours just to be in that frame with the president. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. And so they come in. Nancy Pelosi comes in about 45 minutes. Actually, I think 30 minutes before. Um, and the room begins to change. And they start to, uh, you know, introduce everybody. And, they, you know, here's the cabinet and here's the Supreme Court. Um, and I think it's the cabinet that's introduced last. Yeah, right before the president comes in. I know the vice president's been in there for half an hour. Right. And uh, when I went in, I noticed that the Republicans were uh, typical Republicans. You know, we were all kind of just, uh, uh, just kind of stick in our butt kind of people. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Where we were quiet, and it was right. it was it was appropriate behavior. The Democrats, especially the new women uh, progressive caucus, oh my gosh, that was like a that was a college party. It was like a to me, it felt like a reunion. Um, they their attitude was they were giddy to be there. They taking selfies all over the oh place. Oh my like, gosh! Now I might sneak a picture once in a while on the floor. Yeah, but I mean they were openly you know posing and. It was kind of like a party atmosphere over there. Ocasio-Cortez took a selfie when the president was talking about the caravan on the border. That's when she was taking a selfie. It was unbelievable. But the other thing I noticed is everybody says they don't like the president. Okay. But in that three-minute period, four-minute period, um, before the president walks out, you could feel the room anticipate the arrival of the president. Oh yeah. It got quiet. Uh it was it was just different. You could tell. I mean it, the power of the president, even this president who they claim to hate and have no respect for, it changed the temperature of the room when they knew he was the next one. Well, it's one of the cards the president gets to play is the state of the union. And they have to sit there and they have to be filmed when they react to the president. Now, the Democrats will get to play their card starting today that when I leave the studio here, I'm going to a hearing in the oversight committee that I serve on with Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows. And that's going to be 
gavel to gavel, go after this administration. Uh, And that's the card they get to play starting today. And all those hearings, you know, for the last six years that I've been in Congress in the Oversight Committee, you couldn't find an NBC camera or a CNN Mm -hmm. camera. There were Fox cameras. Well, Mm -hmm. now the Fox cameras are gone and there will be uh, MSNBC and CNN cameras in the Oversight Committee. And they'll, they will use that. I sometimes call it the theater committee mm. because you have to muster your righteous indignation and walk mm. in there mm. and ask people, how could you? When did you first know? What were you thinking? Right. Um, but that's going to be their bully pulpit now, their bully gavel, if you will. The president, um, the president addressed that, you know, investigation, yeah. investigation. Uh, and. That caucus with Ocasio-Cortez, just that, those group of people, Ocasio-Cortez turned around and and shook her head like, can you believe this guy? And smiled like, we are going to get him. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I, I think he did start out with a tone I did too. of, of uh, bipartisanship and cooperation. He said country over party. The Democrats, after about four seconds, were shamed into standing up for that, uh, you know, for that statement, country over party, which yeah. I thought something anybody could be for. Um, real quick, I want to I want to say this to you, and it goes to the budget. I've got about a minute. He, but he was talking about the intermediate nuclear missiles, and he said perhaps we can negotiate a different agreement, adding China and others. Perhaps we can't. Which, in case, we will outspend and innovate all others by far terrifying line i did not stand up and clap i no. mean that was the, the model of the soviet union was to outspend the united states right. and they collapsed right. because of it so uh now the the missile treaty that we have with russia does cause us to spend more money when trying to keep up with china mm-hmm. uh, i had this explained to me when i was in korea last year by the generals over there uh, we've got this thing that ties our hands with russia we can't deploy intermediate missiles and uh, so we can't even cover all of China. But you are um, you you and I both were disturbed that there was no mention of twenty two trillion dollars. None. What you did not hear anything about the debt or the deficit in this state of the union. You're not going to hear about it in the hearings that the Democrats have. This is we're going to be in the dark for two years here. Not that, you know, we were fiscal conservatives before. Right. Right. But. Uh, but this this president didn't campaign on balancing the budget, I know, I know. and this is the problem. And he believes in debt, and he can get away with this because the people are not upset about I the know. debt enough. They should be. I know, Thomas. Thank you so much, Thanks, Congressman Glenn. Thomas Massey. Um, really, truly, one of the good guys who uh, uh, my precious has not taken <laughs> his soul yet. You were the, you were the hottest date at the State <laughs> of the Union. Thanks for coming. Thank with you. Me. Appreciate it. God bless. Uh, all right, let me tell you about our sponsor. This half hour, it is realestateagentsitrust.com. It's something Tanya and I and my brother, we started, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. And it really started out of frustration of trying to sell a home and, and not knowing who to hire. In, after that time period, I started doing work with um, the, the, uh, the group of people. The Wall Street Journal always does a uh, the best real estate agents in the country. And they do a list. So... I know who the top 500 people are, and I started doing work with them on different things. And I learned about real estate, and I learned about what makes a good real estate agent. So 
We didn't start a real estate company. We just started a matchmaking service, really, uh, one that hooks you up with the right people, somebody who really knows their job and can sell your home on time and for the most amount of money. So if you're looking to sell or buy a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the person that will make this easy for you. realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are live uh, from uh, our Washington, D.C. bureau back in uh, Dallas, Texas. Thank God. Uh, By this afternoon, um, we have uh, Mike Lee is going to be joining us here from Washington. He's coming into studio. Senator Jim DeMint and more coverage on uh, last night's State of the Union. I have a, a very different perspective um, because I was in the room, and I don't think it played the same in the room as it did on television. Television, I hear, looked like every state of the union. Boy, it did not feel that way to me in the room. More coming up. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Home Title Lock is our sponsor here, Glenn. Uh, Home Title Lock, of course, is a company we love because they protect you from uh, utter disaster in your entire financial life. Uh, if you get if you're a victim of home title fraud, you are going to spend years and years trying to unwind it. And honestly, at the end of the day, you're going to be out tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. Home Title Lock protects you from that. Um, Home Title Lock is a company we've been dealing with for a while. They're the only company that can do this. They put a barrier around your home, and they are able to uh, protect you from anyone trying to get to your home's equity. Uh, HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. They have a $100 search that you can get absolutely free when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. We've been uh, customers of there before they were advertising uh, uh, on the program, Uh, and you should be too. HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. What was the big takeaway from the president's speech last night? I have uh, some opinions I want to share with you. I was there in the gallery last night, and it takes on a different feel when you're there. It was odd to be there, but I learned a lot, and I want to share what I learned coming up in just a second. Also, Jim DeMint joins us. Former Senator Jim DeMint uh, is a a great friend of the Republic and the program and a friend of the Constitution and common sense. What was his takeaway? We go to Jim DeMint as the radio broadcast begins in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Field of Greens. Field of Greens is the first real superfood, and the difference that sets it apart can be seen right on the bottle. It has nutrition facts. Not supplement facts, because there aren't any supplements in it. This is real food. And so it has nutrition facts. We have an epidemic of crappy food here in America. And it's just going to get better as we make laser meat. Holy cow. Anyway, um, you could eat more salads. But really, seriously. I know I'm not talking to all guys. And I'm not talking uh, to all women. uh, But generally speaking... 
Uh, guys hate salads. Uh, I know I do. Eat your fruits and vegetables. It starts young. Then the women just try to indoctrinate that lie that you've got to have three servings. And, uh, you know, now that my body is falling apart, uh, probably uh, is probably the truth. But if you don't like salads as much as I don't, have Field of Greens. It's a real superfood. Team of top physicians gathered from Brickhouse Nutrition. They created Field of Dreams. It has one full serving of real certified vegan, vegetarian, USDA organic fruits and vegetables. It's complete with the prebiotics, the probiotics, and the antioxidants. And it is clean energy. And all you have to do is just put a scoop of it in your water or whatever you're drinking. And uh, knock it back and you're done. And you don't have to have a salad ever again. Ah, I love this time period. It's BrickHouseGlen.com. Limited offer. Go to BrickHouseGlen.com. Use the promo code Glen. You'll get 15% off your first order. It's BrickHouseGlen.com. Experience a better you tomorrow. Senator Jim DeMint, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Glenn, I'm doing great. It's, it's great to be back with you, and I'm glad you got to experience the State of the Union in person in the gallery last night. It's, uh, it's, it's quite uh, an experience. Yeah, it, it, it was very, very different than what it feels like on TV. It, was that just me? No, there's a whole lot going on, where people sit, who they sit next to, a lot of trying yeah. to rush out to, to do interviews afterwards. I mean, there's just right. a, 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 a whole lot of things going on in addition to the president giving the speech. All right. So, Jim DeMint, chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute. Um, Jim, what is what was the takeaway? Did you think anything historic happened last night? Well, as an American, as a conservative, and as someone who values common sense, and you mentioned that right before I came on, I mm-hmm. thought it was an inspi- inspiring speech. And I think I also, thought so too. I, you mentioned uh, self-deprecating. The, the, the Trump did take it down a notch, and that's hard for him to do. But it was very mm-hmm. genuine in the sense of trying to get people to work together. And if you I watch agree. closely on, on a lot of points, he had... The Democrats, even the women dressed in white, were, were clapping with him. They could not stay in their seats for some of the things that he brought up. So I was really proud of him. Uh, it was, I was pr- proud yeah. to be an American. And, and, and I hope that a little of that will take root with um, no. both the Rep- Republicans <laughs> and Democrats. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I mean, being in the room, uh, the especially the women in white, the the first row with uh, Casio Cortez. I mean, it was as radical as it gets. There are radicals uh, in the uh, in the Democratic Party now. Uh, I mean, I saw some things that I'm going to talk about later that I, I just just I was shocked by. I did think there was a historic moment last night, and that came towards the end. When uh, the president said, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Um, oh, shoot. I had it pulled out. Here it is. He said, 
Here in the United States, we are alarmed by new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence, not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Um, it was t- historic to me, not just because he said it, but because he felt he needed to say it and a good number of Democrats did not clap or stand for that. You're right. It needed to be said. I was proud of him for saying it. And I mean, he's willing to take issues head on, Glenn. I mean, and, you know, he brought up the life issue in a context that was better than anyone yes. I'd ever heard. And he's not afraid yep. to bring God into the picture. And so to me, I mean, Trump is somewhat of an enigma. If you, if you look at, um, I guess all of his background and everything, but I, I just couldn't be more inspired and, and proud that he is hitting the, the, the notes, the points that are so common sense to take America forward. And I just, and I saw some polls this morning that indicated about seventy five percent or so approved of the the speech, and um, and I, I hope if it doesn't take hold in Congress. I hope it will take hold with the, the people, Glenn, because what he said is very needed. The opportunity in front of us and the energy field and the move ahead with our economy it is it's real. It, none of this was make-believe. The statistics about how the last two years have gone economically and the things that have been accomplished are real, but they're just the tip of the iceberg. Imagine what we could do if Congress could work together. I was, uh, again... Um, shocked at how the Democrats reacted uh, to those job numbers. He said on Friday it was announced that we added another 304,000 jobs last month alone, double what was expected. An economic miracle is taking place in the United States, and the only thing that can stop us are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. First of all, when they talked about, when he talked about um, the numbers of Hispanics and African American and, and women in the workforce, <clears throat> they did not react well to that. And I was shocked. How do you not, how do you not stand and applaud that? That's, that's a victory for all of us. Um, uh, but then he, when he ended it, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the Democrats, the left, are building their whole platform on, on victims. And when pr- the president breaks that paradigm and talks about policies that help minorities, that move our country forward, and more than anything, the president is taking the working class Americans, even union members, away from the Democrats and and they're having to, I mean, they're going apoplectic, as you can see. They're moving to the left. Uh, I just hope not much of the country will follow them. I can't imagine doing that. But the facts don't matter to the left, and that means the media as well. So the ability of the American people to know what the president said last night, I'm sure a few million watched it, but most will know what he said by the way the media um, interprets and yeah. reports it. So we've got a lot of work to do to just help America understand that that the free enterprise, uh, common sense, traditional value policies make their life better. And I'm committed to that. I know you are. And and I'm just um, pretty excited that we've got a president who's willing to to tackle these things head on. So, Jim, tell, tell people what you're doing now. 
Because you were you were at the Heritage Foundation. You were a senator and one of the best uh, in the Tea Party era. You were one of the first adopters, um, and you know you were looking for help. Uh, and you saw the Tea Party as the Calvary, I think. Um, uh, but you, then you went to the Heritage Foundation, and now you're Conservative Partnership Institute. Explain what that is and what you do. Well, Glenn, what I've seen is uh, groups, uh, movements like the Tea Party can help elect mass waves of good people. But then the swap, the establishment, even the Republican Party tears mm-hmm. them down. I left Heritage to build an organization that supports conservatives on the inside of Congress and inside the government, the administration. So what we do at the Conservative Partnership, we get congressmen and senators together, uh, develop camaraderie, help them develop consensus. We do a lot of staff training so that when good people come, they don't end up with bad staff that's steering them in the wrong direction. And and that happens 80 percent of the time. So we, we've got a job bank. We try to get good people around good people and just get them together. I mean, the, the place isolates you. It carves you out of the herd. And, and then before you know it, you're just part of the wallpaper up there. And I've just seen so many people that I, I helped elect just go the wrong way. And so my yeah. commitment for yeah. the, the rest of my time is just to build a support system that gets the backs of the people who are trying to do the right thing. Jim, I will tell you that... Um, <clears throat> Uh, I, I rode the tram for the first time in the tunnels underneath, um, <clears throat> and it's like it's it's like uh, you know 1962 Disneyland. It's bizarre and surreal. This little tram that takes you know senators and and House members to the Capitol, which is l- literally a block and a half away, um, but it takes them uh, you know for about a three or four minute ride on this tram. Um, and then I went upstairs and I was in Nancy Pelosi's office for a few minutes and I saw the the unbelievable shindig that was going on um, in in her office and the the detachment. And I almost I mean, you know me, Jim, I love the Secret Service. I almost came to fisticuffs with a Secret Service agent last night. I, I mean, I have I have never been offended by a Secret Service agent before. Um, and I had a stare down after a, like a fourth encounter with this guy um, because he kept telling me, stop taking notes during the State of the Union in the gallery. And uh, first of all, the rules also state that no applause in the gallery. So I think we were letting go of the rules. Um, and I, I went in. I could not have a cell phone. I wasn't supposed to have anything that could record anything. I, I, no communication devices. And yet here was Congress beneath us, and they were, they were taking selfies. They were uh, on their Facebook pages. They were surfing the web. They were talking during this thing. They were booing and hissing. And this guy comes to me and says, don't take notes. And, and I thought... All I could think of was these people work for me and everybody else in the gallery. You shouldn't be worried about us. You should be worried about them. Why am I the outcast here? I, I, I just had a real problem how flipped the system is. Well, well, they make the rules, but they don't expect to follow them. And, and that's part of the exactly problem. right. They're kind of looking down on. The rest of us, not all of them are that way. When no, no, I know that. To, to, to cause distress. And uh, I, maybe it's always been that way. But um, um, 
But anyway, I'm glad you got a, a chance to experience the Secret Service by and large or uh, overworked and underpaid. They're great. But I, they're great. They, they, no, they're they great. Go, but they don't apply the rules equally. Um, I can tell you that. Yeah, I, I and I will tell you that I did ask for forgiveness, uh, you know, in my prayers at night when I got back because it, it, I shouldn't have. I mean, I got into a stare down with it. It was not it was not pretty, not one of my finer moments. And I, I should apologize to him. If I had his name, I would apologize to him. But um, I just couldn't take these ridiculous rules on the people and none on them. Um, Jim, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless the work that you're doing. You can follow Jim DeMint at Jim DeMint. Um, thank you so much, Jim. We'll talk to you again later. Thank you, Glenn. Bye-bye. Okay. What's the problem with public Wi-Fi? What's the problem with public Wi-Fi? Well, everything's fine. Uh, let me say it's... No, no, it's would, really What's wrong not. with public Wi-Fi? It sounds like a great well, thing. Well, it's the get... problem... No, the problem is in the first... Uh, is, is in the name itself. Public. Public. Even if it's password protective, uh, you can be tossing all your expectations right out the window of any kind of security. Cyber criminals can use Wi-Fi to steal the personal information you send and receive while online. They can see all the information, private photos, financial statements, tax returns, everything. There is a way uh, to use public Wi-Fi privately, and that is if you get Norton Secure VPN. Now, a VPN is, it, it takes you and it, um, it routes you into different computers. For instance, you ever see the, you ever see the TV shows where they're like, uh, where is he? Where is he? Where is the computer? They're like, he's in London. No, he's in the Netherlands. No, he's in the Middle East. He's in China. And they have to hang up before they, you know, they find him. That's VPN. It bounces you around so it, it does not come back to you. So you are on a private network or a private server. So nobody knows who you are. That really helps you in security. It's for your laptop, your mobile devices. It's easy to use. All you have to do is install it, log in once, and Norton Secure VPN immediately provides you with more privacy and security than you're going to find anyplace else. It protects you from hackers by encrypting your connection. We were just talking about this two days ago in a meeting with um, the researchers. And um, we were talking about who do you trust with a VPN because... Facebook, you know, wants everybody to get on a VPN. Yeah, well, thank you, Facebook, because if it's their VPN, they now and just released in the news last week, they're gathering all the information on a VPN. Well, that's why you use a VPN. So nobody is gathering your information and you're left alone and you're secure. Uh, who do you go to? Well, you go to the people who have done security. Uh, for you and for the internet and for your computer, Norton, for a very, very long time. To get to uh, to get Norton Secure VPN, you go to norton.com slash VPN. Starts at $3.33 a month with an annual subscription. This is a no-brainer. Get a Norton Secure VPN. Go to norton.com slash VPN. Sign up now. Keep what's private private and enjoy the convenience of co the connected world without the concerns of privacy um, and being um, being followed basically all the time everywhere you go norton dot 
com slash VPN. Go there now. Terms apply. iPatriots.us is a new conservative alternative to liberal-based email services. It's secure, private, and safe, no ads or spam. And they won't collect or sell your data ever. Go to iPatriots.us right now. Pick your membership. At checkout, select your own iPatriots email address. Enter promo code PATRIOT. Get the first month free. Go month to month. Cancel any time. You know, I guess the reason why I was upset last night, um, well, A, the arrogance. I can't take the arrogance uh, of Washington. I, I'm pissed off before I even get to Washington. I get to, I get to Virginia, and I lived here in the 80s, and so I know what it was like, you know, in 1983 or 19, I actually lived here in 1982, and I remember what it was like. And it wasn't like this. Now these gigantic skyscrapers are all around Washington. And there are all these corporations that are setting up business. Hello, Amazon. Uh, hello, Google. And all the, re- the only reason why they're here is to be able to court government officials and to get special deals. And it's so corrupt and so dirty. Um, and as I was sitting there, I, I said to the guys who were sitting next to me, and we, we, we didn't know each other at all at the beginning of the evening. Um, and, you know, he's, you're going in one person at a time. So it's not like, you know, my husband and I or my friend and I are going to the State of the Union. It's a congressman or a senator invites you, and he's got, you know, one guest that he can put in there. Um, and uh, so we're all kind of just orphans. And nobody knows if you're right or left. And so you just start talking to each other and you you do the american thing you just start on basics and uh i don't know if these guys were right or left um but uh, i said so how many people here down there in looking at from the gallery down on congress how many people here do you think actually protect and defend the constitution or even think about that and both the guys that were sitting next to me, they both shook their head and said, on both sides? And I said, yeah. And they said, not many. And it is, it's so sick. This system is so sick that we're talking about getting rid of the free market system, the masks, as I told you at Fox, when they started calling me a racist for saying that the president is socialist and he is he's surrounding himself with socialists. It was I was a racist. And I said at the time on Fox, mark my words, they want to tell us they want to. They're dying to say, yeah, your crappy system doesn't work. Yes, I am a sister. I am a socialist because that will work this time. We'll do it right. And I said, the masks are going to come off. And the masks have come off. And the contempt for some of the people that were there, the lack of respect uh, for some of the people that are serving on, on, on what they're really doing, the, the corruption that is here, but it's not in mainstream America. It's not in all of the places that most of the people in Washington despise. It's in the power centers. And it's in the giant corporations that come in and want special favors and special deals. And these are the people telling us how to live our lives? No, wait a minute. 
We're supposed to tell you how you're supposed to behave in Congress. And it's the opposite way. They flip the whole system upside down. And I thought the president was inspiring, truly inspiring. And I have not said that about this president before. Last night was an inspiring message, and I want to share that when we come back. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Simply Safe's mission from day one, three million families agree now that they're protected by Simply Safe, it is so much better when you fear less. Fear doesn't have a place um, in um in our in our homes and the president was right last night when he said you know all these people who are against the border they all are wealthy and their donors are wealthy and they all live behind gates and fences and they know that works and uh, there was some hissing from the left but it was absolutely true they can afford it well, now you can too. You can afford to be safe with Simply Safe. It's $14.99 a month. That's no contract. That's just to monitor you um, and your home and to call fire or police when needed. And you own the system. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Get 10% off now. Simplysafebeck.com. Big night of coverage last night on blazetv.com for the State of the Union. It's blazetv.com slash Beck. Promo code is Beck. We welcome uh, to our studios in Washington, D.C., Senator Mike Lee. How are you, Senator? Doing great. It's good to be with you, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, so I was in the gallery last night. It takes on the State of the Union takes on a different feel when you're actually there. It does. Absolutely yeah. electric. And last night was no exception. Yeah. Uh, and I was I wouldn't necessarily call it electric, but um, uh, but uh, sitting up in the gallery, I was facing the president. I was 50 yard line facing the president. I could see what everybody was doing with their cell phones, and I could see who was engaged, who wasn't. It, there needs to be a camera from behind um, and focused on, you know, all of the, the senators and all of the uh, House members because it really takes on a different view when you're watching who's telling who what and who's whispering something and how they're really reacting and when they're taking selfies at really un- inappropriate times. It was amazing. It was amazing. I can imagine. I, I'd like to sit up there sometime yeah. just to get that yeah. perspective. It was amazing. Um, I thought the speech last night may have it, definitely the best speech I think I've heard him give. Um, and I think it may be one of the most inspiring speeches I've heard in uh, in uh, a State of the Union, I'm trying to remember Bush, maybe after 9-11, but I don't think so. I think you go back to Reagan on that soaring kind of, this is who we are kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's right. This is the best State of the Union I've heard in a long time, certainly been since I've been in office, and really for quite a while before then. Yeah. He knocked it out of the park. It was yeah. terrific. Um, what are you expecting out of this? Anything? First of all, was there anything historic that happened last night that he said or anything historic. Yes. Here's what I think is the single most historic takeaway. When the president of the United States said, Hey, you know, we should be concerned about the killing of babies who have been born and are breathing. And virtually half of the chamber in the house of representatives, half of the senators, virtually half of the representatives 
sat there, mm-hmm. silent, stone-faced, refusing to respond in any way. That was historic, not necessarily in a good way, but it was historic nonetheless. It's a chilling reminder of how far our government has drifted from what normal people of, of ordinary yeah. moral sensibilities know yeah. is right. Um, I, I think they are so far out of touch with uh, the Democrats in the heartland, the Democrats around the country, at least the Democrats that I know. And I don't think the Democrats um, really understand how radical these people really are. And and I tell you, Mike, I, I look at this every day and I talk about the radicals. I've been talking about, you know, the socialists for a long time. I don't think I really realized how radical they were until I sat in that chamber last night and I watched them react when the cameras were not on them. They mocked, they laughed, uh, they poked at each other. It was almost like a college reunion um, uh, atmosphere. Um, and when he was talking about serious, serious issues, the, 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 the border issue and the caravan, they mocked him the whole time in the chamber. Um, when, they, when he talked about abortion and what was happening, um, they were poking each other and rolling each other, rolling their eyes at each other. It was obscene. And I think if the average Democrat would have sat where I was sitting last night, uh, I think they would have realized, oh, these people, I mean, the mask is fully off when they don't think the cameras are there. And I actually felt bad for you and the president and everybody else that was that goes into this every day because you're not dealing with honest brokers. You're not dealing with people who are who they say they are. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, setting aside for a minute those who would consider themselves Republicans or libertarians or even yeah. independents, just the rank and file Democrat out there, I think has got to be a little bit shocked by this. More than a little bit shocked. Uh, because when it was about them, they were celebrating when the cameras were on them, they were cheering or doing whatever they could yeah. to draw attention to themselves. It was about them. When it was about the most vulnerable among us, babies who have been born, who are in the most defenseless, vulnerable position imaginable, they sat there stone cold silence and their silence was deafening on that. It point. was, you know, I think there was a turning point uh, and it was a warning, I think, to the American people and to Democrats, but they missed it um, when we heard the Democratic Party at their convention deny God three times. Remember that vote? And I thought it was significant that they took three votes and they denied him three times. Maybe they'll be like Peter and repent later and <laughs> right. decide maybe we shouldn't have done that. Right. So I thought that was an important turning point. But that was a turning point for if you were religious, you know, that meant something to you. Um, but this is the fruit of that tree. And when they denied that a baby born should be saved when they denied that that was life that was worth preserving a baby not we're not talking we're not even talking in the womb <laughs> we're talking now been born and uh and is disabled or they tried to kill it through abortion or just minutes before their birth it's obscene and when they didn't stand for that and when the president of the united states has to say we are disturbed by the growth of socialism, and uh, this country will never be socialist. 
four years ago, they were mocking anyone who said they were socialist. Now they didn't clap or stand to say, yeah, you're right. America's never going to go socialist. They were, they were not happy with that. And, and look, Len, I, I avoid Ad Hitlerum references like the plague. I do, too, if I only knew what Ad Hitler or Hitlerian references uh, to, to Adolf Hitler. Okay, Hitler. I avoid okay, that I like the plague. Yeah. But at some point in a society, the minute we start talking about killing those who were not willing to recognize as people, and in this case, a breathing, breathing, living human being who has been born, we need to ask ourselves, how did we get here? And how do we get out of this situation? How do we make sure that those people are protected? That's just wrong. I keep, when I woke up this morning, I kept thinking, Maybe there was a misunderstanding. Maybe uh-uh. that side of the aisle couldn't hear the audio feed. Uh-uh. Maybe they misunderstood him. Uh-uh. I would like to believe that there was some misunderstanding that can explain this. There wasn't. If not, oh, we've got a big problem on our hands. Now, I don't think it's with the American people, because I don't think the American people are with them. Well, but I think it's with those who have been elected and those who were in that chamber last night. Let me give you, let me give you um, some perspective. I gave a speech, I don't even remember where it was, about seven years ago. And I had done research um, on the most vulnerable among us and, and how Hitler um, got there. Okay, How did you get to the gas chamber? How did you take a, gr- a good group of, of people? Germans were not bad. They were a lot like us. I mean, we were a very Germanic nation, especially back then. Um, they loved their families. Yeah. They took care of their, their own children, their, their pets, their neighbors. Yeah. How did that happen? So I started doing research, and uh, it started with a baby called Baby Now. It started out as compassion. And um, long story short, they started killing the most vulnerable. They started killing babies. But when, when they did it, you had to have three signatures from three different doctors. Um, and all the way to the end of the war, you still had to have three signatures. We've just reduced that to one. Even the Nazis said three signatures are required for the death of, of an individual. The next thing that happened, this is very early. They start killing these babies, just like we're now talking about. They start killing these babies. The German people find out. Now, these are the people who voted for Hitler. They voted for Hitler, and they were all socialist. The people stood up and pushed back. It's the only time that I can find where they really pushed back and got Hitler to change, at least on the surface. And they pushed back, and they stood up in such force that they said, "We, this is not us, that Hitler had to give a speech where he said, you're exactly right, we're going to stop this, I'm stopping this immediately, and that's when it went undercover, and he started the T4 program, where they just hid it from the people. But even the people who voted for Hitler stood up. Where are we, Mike? I hope we are those people who will push back and who will say this is not okay. There are some things that our laws should prohibit. One of the most fundamental rules of any civilized society is that we prohibit the unlawful taking of a human life. So it, just to be clear again, here, we are not talking in this instance about abortion. You and I both have views on abortion mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are different from what many Democrats in this country think. We are talking here about a child who has been born, who has taken his or her first breath. If 
we, the people, stand up strongly to our own government and make clear to our society we want to protect these individuals, which I believe the overwhelming majority of Americans, yes. Republicans, Democrats, and everything else, uh, believes, th- th- then I think we can stand up for life here. So um, the problem is, and I saw it with these radicals uh, in the Progressive Women's Caucus uh, last night, they mock it. And they roll their eyes when you bring it up. And what you're seeing on social media is that the Democrats are saying they're lying to you. That's not what we're talking about. They're lying to you. We're talking about just cleaning up some language, um, old language. There's nothing new in these bills. And they are denying it to their own people. And because we're so polarized, the left is believing their own People who are lying to them. But this, Glenn, is the kind of legal issue where one need not get wrapped around the axle. In other words, this is the kind of legal issue where definitions can be re- remain simple. Uh, the English used can be plain. And where we can make clear, if what you're talking about is uh, terminating a, a pregnancy, there is a different way of phrasing that. Right. But if you're talking about wanting to make sure that you can kill a human life after that human has been born and taken its first breath, that's something terribly different. This is why Patty Murray in the Senate was so shameful because she she stood up after Ben Sass said, we just want, you cannot kill a baby after birth. You can't do it. Um, and she said, this is such a sham there. This is not what that bill means. And so I'm stopping the vote. Well, why would you do that? If that's not what it means, you would stand up and say, that's not what it means. And to prove it, let's take this vote because we're all against it, too. That's exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why we've got to keep pushing for a vote on Ben Sass's bill. Uh, Ben is a hero for bringing this issue forward, for filing that legislation. And I think we need to pass it. In order to pass it, we've got to continue to demand, insist on a vote over and over and over again, because this is what it means. It means exactly what it says it means. There is no ambiguity in that bill, and we need to pass it. Okay, I've only got about a minute here before I have to take a break. Um, Let me ask you this last question. I believe the president is going to go for the national emergency thing. Um, and do something to get something on the border. What does that mean? Is that even constitutional? Whether he has authority to do this depends on what the source of his authority is. Uh, on, under a line of cases called Youngstown Sheet and Tube versus Sawyer and Dames and Moore versus Reagan, we have to look at whether or not there's a statute that designates, that authorizes the president to take a particular action. Is there one? I think there might be. If he chooses to take the appropriate path, I think, I think the most defensible path for him to do that is found in Title 10 of the U.S. Code, 10 U.S.C., Section 284B7. What that says essentially I is love that, you. Well, hey, you know. <laughs> I know. That's what you do, and I love in you. In my small town of Alpine, Utah, we speak yeah. of little else. I, <laughs> uh, this says basically that the president may establish a fence along an international boundary where necessary to stop the unlawful international mm-hmm. trafficking of drugs. Mm-hmm. That, to me, appears to be pretty clear, appears to give him pretty clear authority. If he uses that, I think he's on fairly solid ground. I'd still rather it go through Congress. But if he wants to use executive authority, that is one of the better places to look. Are you advising him on this at all? No, I'm not. The the White House has I've reached out to the White House multiple times. They're keeping their own counsel on this. Okay, Uh, I'm sure they've got their reasons for doing that. But um, yeah. 
but we'll see what happens. Mike, thank you so much for everything that you do. And uh, everybody I talked to last night uh, were fans of yours. You're one of the few that are really fighting the good fight and are, are not, uh, haven't changed. And I appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Senator Mike Lee. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Had dinner with some people last night. Some of them are bankers. Um, uh, some of them uh, were just average citizens. Um, and some of them were congressmen. And I, I will tell you that uh, it was split on whether or not we're going to see trouble uh, with our banking system. And those who understand what happens internationally affects us here. I think they understand that we are headed for a real storm. If you are in a variable rate mortgage, you've got to get out, get into a fixed mortgage now. And I do believe that we are going to go through a period, uh, I think worse than 2008, but I, I, I can be wrong. And I, I hope that I am. Um, but this will mean that loans are going to be harder and harder to get, and you do not want to be sitting with a variable mortgage. And if you need a loan to buy a house, now is the time to get it. All you have to do is go to AmericanFinancing.net, call 1-800-906-2440. You can uh, get qualified in, in a 10-minute phone call. They have uh, closings in as fast as, I think, 10 days. So go to AmericanFinancing.net right now. They work for you, not for the bank. 1-800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. I thought an epic uh, speech, an epic speech, um, and it was very Reagan-esque. If the president would have been able to do something that only Ronald Reagan in my lifetime has been able to do, um, deliver this speech like an like an actor, like Ronald Reagan could, um, his approval ratings on the speech last night would have even been higher. As it stands, they're at about 75%. Uh, and I think it was a very important speech and very well done by the president. I want to go over the highlights of, of, of what made me feel that way when we come back. Night Target Pro, of course. Uh, well, you talked about this yesterday on the, uh, the big radio show, Glenn, uh, talking about how yeah. you want to keep yourself uh, on the right side of, uh, of, of your target practice and making sure you're a good shot. Uh, dry fire is And not really spending important. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dry firing iTarget Pro, I have this. I, 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 the best thing you can do is to dry fire, uh, and it's a lot cheaper as well. Get 10% off the free shipping with the promo code GLEN at iTarget Pro. This allows you to do target practice in your own home without any ammunition. It is really, truly great. Really. Get it. iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. Get one of these. So... I ran into Nancy Pelosi and uh, got a picture with Nancy Pelosi. And uh, let's just say that she she, she may have had some plastic surgery. I, I don't know if anybody has noticed that. But I'll, I'm going to post uh, this hour the uh, picture of me and Nancy Pelosi on my uh, Twitter feed and also Facebook uh, and Gledbeck.com. Uh, some pictures from behind the scenes last night. 
But that is the one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm most excited to share with you, my picture of Nancy Pelosi and me together at the State of the Union. Um, we are going to talk to you a little bit about the State of the Union and why I felt it was Reagan-esque when we begin this program in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Kids, I want you to learn this, that you do not get sick by being cold, by not wearing a hat, by not wearing your gloves. That's, that is not right. Your mother was wrong or is wrong, maybe still wrong. Now, listen to your mom about everything except when she says, you're going to catch cold. Put on your coat. You need to say, Mom, scientifically, that is inaccurate. That's not how we get colds. Actually, Mom, in the winter, boy, I'd slap a kid down like that. <laughs> in the winter, Mom, uh, we get colds because we stay in, and you make sure that the windows are all closed, and we don't go outside so we don't get fresh air. So, Mom, if you don't want me to get sick, scientifically speaking, the best thing you can do is go to filter by and change those air filters. Now, you can have Dad do it, or Mom, because I love you, you're going to have to order the filters, but when they arrive, I'll change the filters. Until that time, I'm going outside without a hat. This message brought to you by Glenn Beck and Filter By that doesn't necessarily agree with all of these statements, except that's not why we get sick in the winter. We get sick because of all the crap we breathe in. So change your filter now. Do it the easy way and save 5% by getting on to, uh, you know, auto renewal, which will send you the filters when they need to be changed in your home. Filter By. FilterBy.com. Sign up. Never think about it again. FilterBy.com. This is the best crafted speech uh, this president has ever given, uh, and it is one of the best crafted speeches I have heard uh, for a very long, long time. Maybe the best speech I've heard uh, a president give at the State of the Union since Reagan. But I want you to listen to it because it's very Reagan-esque. I'm going to read it to you. Um, We meet tonight at a moment of unlimited potential. As we begin a new Congress, I stand here ready to work with you to achieve historic breakthroughs for all Americans. To me, this line was so important because people don't really understand we really are on the threshold of an amazing new world, a, a world that science has uh, overpromised and undelivered forever. But everything is about to change, and our potential now really, truly is unlimited. Millions of our fellow citizens are watching us now, gathered in this great chamber, hoping that we will not govern as two parties, but as one nation. Amen. The agenda I will lay out this evening is not a Republican agenda or a Democrat agenda. It is the agenda of the American people. This is one of the reasons why this has a 75% approval rating. Many of us campaigned on the same core promises to defend American jobs, demand fair trade for American workers, to rebuild and revitalize our nation's infrastructure. I'm so sick of that one. To reduce the price of health care and prescription drugs. I'm getting sick of that one. Uh, To create an immigration system that is safe, lawful, modern, and secure. (laughs) 
to pursue a foreign policy that puts America's interests first. That is something that every American can agree on. But the politicians don't allow us to. I'm riffing here. It's this was such an important paragraph for the American people, because that is what the American people are saying, Republican and Democrat. There is a new opportunity in American politics if we only have the courage to seize it. Victory is not winning for our party. Victory is winning for our country. Amen. This year, America will recognize two important anniversaries to show us the majesty of America's mission and the power of American pride. In June, we marked 75 years since the start of what Dwight D. Eisenhower called the Great Crusade, the Allied liberation of Europe in World War II. On D-Day, 15,000 young Americans jumped from the sky, 60,000 more stormed in from the sea to save our civilization from tyranny. You hear the, the, the broad brush strokes of history. This is, this is an epic painting of America already. In 2019, we also celebrate 50 years since brave young pilots flew a quarter of a million miles through space to plant the American flag on the face of the moon. A half hour, a half century later, we're joined by one of the Apollo 11 astronauts who planted that flag, Buzz Aldrin. This year, American astronauts will go back to space on American rockets. You hear the language here? This is FDR at its best. This is JFK and the moon launch. Um, We do these things because they're hard, not because they're easy. And this is Ronald Reagan. In the 20th century, America saved freedom, transformed science, and redefined the middle class standard of living for an entire world to see. Now we must step boldly and bravely into the next chapter of this American adventure. We must create a new standard of living for the 21st century. And that is something that we do have to do. Riffing here again. This is what we, this is true. Everything that he is saying here is true. We do have to create a new standard of living for the 21st century because what we're living under now is the the living standard of the 20th century and the systems of the 20th century. It is changing whether we like it or not. A promise of an amazing quality of life for all of our uh, our citizens is within our reach. How true this is. We can make our community safer, family stronger, culture richer, faith or faith deeper, and our middle class bigger and more prosperous than ever before. But we must reject the politics of revenge. I thought that was powerful. The politics of revenge. That is honestly social justice. There is no justice. There is equal justice, which means everybody gets You're in trouble for the same thing, no matter who you are. It's equal justice. Social justice says, no, you have original sin. And so I've got to make it up to these people. And I'm going to excuse this person. I mean, honestly, if I may be a little conspiratorial here, and I don't know if this is true, but would it surprise you? If the Democrats knew about the Klan picture and the blackface picture of the governor of Virginia, they knew it. They knew about it a long time ago. 
They just didn't do anything about it because he was a Democrat and he was useful. But the minute that that um, uh, he he came out on abortion and he lost the abortion debate, they had to distance themselves from it. And they were the ones that released that video. I mean, it may be a movie script, but it is plausible that that happened. That's social justice. We'll hide whatever we need to hide. And we'll excuse whatever we need to excuse until you've served your purpose and then we're done with you. Together, we can break decades of political stalemate, embrace the boundless potential of cooperation, compromise, and the common good. We can bridge old divisions, heal old wounds, build new coalitions, forge new solutions, and unlock the extraordinary promise of America's future. The decision is ours to make we must choose between greatness gridlock results or resistance vision or vengeance incredible progress or pointless destruction tonight i ask you to choose greatness that's kennedy this is an absolutely brilliantly written speech this opening of this speech is what americans are looking for Americans are looking for someone with a grand vision of tomorrow. I've been saying, who is articulating the vision of we've got to go to the moon? Who is articulating who we really are in an aspirational way? Well, last night, it was Donald Trump. And this isn't half as good as what came at the end. And I'll share that with you. In one minute. I want to tell you a little bit about our uh, sponsor. It's Liberty Safe from LibertySafe.com. Liberty Safe, they are not just for storing guns and ammo, but boy, oh boy, do they make a great guns and ammo safe. They are perfect for storing anything that you want to keep safe. All documents. They've invented this new fire seal that um, it works wonders. I mean, we've seen Liberty Safes in pictures uh, of houses in California where they have burnt down to the ground. I mean, there is nothing standing but the chimney and the Liberty Safe. It's incredible to see. We have seen these things picked up in Oklahoma and thrown out of a house with a tornado, thrown over a block away from the house that they belong to, and they are still upright they are still uh, sealed and not not able to to open unless you have the combination. They are remarkable safes. You want the best to store your medication, your guns, your papers, whatever it is that you have. Liberty Safe. They're the best built safes on the planet. It's uh, LibertySafe.com. I want you to go there and check out their videos and just see the tests that they have run on these things because they blow them up and they... They drop, you know, concrete blocks on them from, you know, two stories up. I think that's I think they only build these because they want to test them, honestly, because it's such a fun guy kind of thing to do. Anyway, LibertySafe.com. Go now to LibertySafe.com. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID.
this speech was so brilliantly written. If you look at it, he goes from uh, big ask to giant hug, big ask, big hug. He is reaching out uh, to the left, but it was it was not a a boorish speech and it wasn't a speech of I'm just going to say I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. All the stuff that he proposed that the left would like, he will do. Um, but I don't think they're going to take him up on it. They're not. I just don't. But this is the speech I have waited for. This is the this is the message that America has been looking for. Listen to this. When American soldiers set out beneath the dark skies over the English Channel in the early hours of D-Day 1944, they were just young men of 18 and 19 hurtling on a fragile landing craft towards the most momentous battle in the history of war. They didn't know if they would survive the hour. They didn't know if they would grow old. But they did know that America needed to prevail. Their cause was this nation and the generations yet to be born. Why would they do that? Well, they did it for America. They did it for us. Everything that has come since, our triumph over communism, our giant leaps of science and discovery, our unrivaled progress towards equality and justice, all of it, is possible to the thanks to the blood and the tears and the courage and the vision of Americans who came before us. Think of this capital. Think of this very chamber where lawmakers before, before you, they voted to end slavery. They voted to build the railways and the highways to defeat fascism, to secure civil rights, to face down an evil empire. From here... Tonight, we have legislators, legislators from across the republic. You have come from the rocky shores of Maine and the volcanic peaks of Hawaii, from the snowy woods of Wisconsin to the red deserts of Arizona, from the green farms of Kentucky and the golden beaches of California. Together, we represent the most extraordinary nation in all of history. So now what will we do in this moment? How will we be remembered? I ask you, the men and women of this Congress, look at the opportunities before us. Our most thrilling achievements are still ahead. Our most exciting journeys still await. Our biggest victories are still to come. We haven't even begun to dream yet. We have to choose whether we are defined by our differences or whether we dare to transcend them. We must choose whether we squander our inheritance or whether we will proudly declare that we are Americans. We do the incredible. We defy the impossible. We conquer the unknown. This is the time to reignite the American imagination. This is the time to search for the tallest summit and to set our sights on the brightest star. 
This is the time to rekindle the bonds of love and loyalty and memory that link us together as citizens, as neighbors, and as patriots. This is our future. This is our fate. And it is our choice to make. I am asking you today to choose greatness. No matter the trials we face, no matter the challenges to come, we must go forward together. We must keep America first in our hearts. We must keep freedom alive in our souls. And we must always keep faith in America's destiny. That one nation under God must be the hope and the promise and the light and the glory among all of the nations of the world. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Holy cow, is that a great speech. Holy cow, is that what America is looking for? You know, the one thing that people in the mainstream media will not tell you is the, Democrat, the Republicans did not elect Donald Trump by themselves. 20% of the people who voted for Donald Trump, 20% had voted for Obama at least once. It was Democrats. It was the Democrat who is a hard-working American who does not believe in all of this claptrap. They believe in this stuff, and they haven't found anyone to articulate it. But they saw in him somebody who was willing to stand up, as he did last night, and say, we are not a socialist nation. We will never be a socialist nation. We are a nation of dreamers and doers. We are a nation made up of individuals. We are not some collective. That's what people liked about Donald Trump, is he had the balls to say it. And you may not like, and I may not like, the things that he says, some of the things that he does, some of the things that he tweets. But where else are you finding someone who is articulating the American vision? Because you're not finding that in Kamala. You're not finding that in Cory Booker. You're not finding that in uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez. They are not articulating an American vision. They are articulating a South American vision, a Cuban vision, a Venezuelan vision, even a Mexican vision, at best a Canadian vision. But it's not an American vision. And I'm sorry, but we're not Canada. We're not, we're not Sweden. We're not Mexico, and we're certainly not Cuba. And we never have wanted to be that. But who's articulating this? If Donald Trump stays in this vein, and the economy holds together, this president will be reelected. 
but it's going to be hard for him to do it. Because I sat in the gallery yesterday. I sat in the gallery yesterday and I I watched the reaction from the progressive caucus really led by Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, she has got that Congress wrapped around her finger. Everybody's got to deal with her. And she was calling the shots last night. She was brilliant in how she knows how to work the press. But that's those are the two visions. The socialist vision. The vision that we can kill babies after they're born. It's not hyperbole. Or the vision that I just laid out for you. Which will it be? They're going to choose You're obstruction. To Glenn Beck. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. Really not complicated for Valentine's Day. And don't buy into the, oh, you don't have to celebrate it. Yes, you do. Don't fall for it. It's a chick trick. I want you to call 1-800-Flowers.com, 1-800-Flowers.com. Use the promo code back. Oh, I don't want anything for my birthday, honey. I really don't need anything. Just your love. Don't fall for it. It's a trap. Right now, you can get 18 stem enchanted roses medley for $29.99, or you can double it to 36 enchanted roses for 20 bucks more. They're beautiful. They This offer ends tonight. So call right now, 1-800-Flowers.com, 1-800-Flowers.com. Use the radio code BECK at 1-800-Flowers.com. Ends tonight. Sign up for blazetv.com slash BECK. If you use the promo code BECK, you'll save some money. Get all the shows that you love here from across the conservative spectrum. Blazetv.com. Uh, just a, a, I guess, a fan update, if you will. If you've been a fan of the Blaze and... Uh, and uh, and been with us for a while. You know that Doc Thompson uh, was with us for many years. Uh, he just left over the summer to start his own company. Um, he did the Morning Blaze, and um, we found out late last night that he was out jogging in the Fort Worth area, and um, oh, he was jogging um, next to or on the railroad tracks. And he had his earbuds in, and uh, he was hit by a train last night and killed. Uh, he uh, it has come as a real shock uh, to all of us who worked at the Blaze in Dallas, um, because he was a co-worker for many years. And um, he was just, Doc was... He was funny, he was kind, he was um, gracious, he cared about um, so much. He cared about uh, the Mercury One um, um, efforts that we would make. Uh, he cared about the clients that were were on uh, his show, and he helped start businesses or st- you know, businesses that were just getting started, he helped um, grow. Um, I've never seen somebody 
um, that worked so tireless, tirelessly to help entrepreneurs. Um, and it was remarkable. He was an optimist uh, by nature. Um, he was an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs uh, sometimes don't, you know, they just get to a point where they're like, I'm going to work for myself. And I applauded uh, Doc uh, when he uh, when he left um, because he started his own business. And that's exactly what I did. Um, unfortunately, he put every dime that he had and he bet on the future of his, himself and uh, what's called Mojo Five O, and it had just gotten started, uh, and he was really the linchpin. And we wish everybody at Mojo Five O um, success, and we hope that uh, things go well for you, and that you don't let this stop you. Um, but I'm concerned today about his family. He has two young kids in the house. He has a he has an older teenage son that lives uh, up in Ohio, uh, and so he's he's leaving behind a, a devastated uh, wife uh, and and three children and and no money. Now his wife is a is a news anchor. Um, and so she, you know, has, uh, the ability to at least keep food on the table. Um, but things are, it just, I, I lived through losing a parent when I was a teenager and I don't think you ever really heal from that. Yeah, so they've they've started a GoFundMe page, and we'll tweet that out, put that at glenbeck.com. But we urge you, if you ever heard him, you were ever inspired by him, you uh, ever laughed with him, uh, please uh, help his family out. And our our deepest condolences go to his family. I. I such a uh, senseless loss, such a senseless loss. Doc um, Thomas, uh, Doc Thompson. Yeah. It was great to know you. It was, uh, it's just a crushing one. Uh, but uh, the audience as they tend to do have stepped up in a big way. I mean, I think their original goal was 20,000, uh, and they've already raised almost 40,000. Um, so the, you know, Doc had a lot of big fans and, and it's just a terrible, terrible story. Um, and, uh, we will make sure we get the, uh, social, uh, we'll hit all of this on social and make sure you know where to go. And, and his site again is mojo50.com. I know there's a lot of really good people over there, uh, good friends of, of, of us and the network that are over there trying to deal with all this. And, and of course his family as well. It's just a terrible, terrible day. I mean, it's just, ugh, just awful. So, uh, it's up, I, up I on the social now. If you can, if you can donate, uh, it, it would be great if you could. I, I, I want to express something personally uh, personal that um um i've been thinking about and um you know stephen crowder is uh, going through real health problems and uh and as stephen and i talk it uh, we we have the same 
symptoms, and we have many of the same diagnosis. Um, he has adrenal exhaustion. I have adrenal exhaustion. Um, uh, and that comes from, I am not able to make cortisol anymore. And I, and it comes from, um, your, you know, you just, your body's just making, uh, adrenaline all the time. And, uh, it's, it's just go, 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 go. And, over time, your body just says, I can't do it anymore. Uh, and it is horrible. It is horrible. And when Stephen um, started going through this, because I just thought it was me. I thought it was my, you know, the way I've taken care of myself and everything else. Um, but it is more than that. It is. Uh, I, I used to say this all the time when I was in New York. I can't do this anymore because I'm looking at the news of the day and it's like i'm experiencing watching somebody choke my child to death every day and the adrenaline that it takes to uh that you burn just looking at this and trying to find out ways to get people to understand it um the the adrenaline you burn just from always constantly being under attack i used to say this is killing me uh and it literally was. And there are people like Steven Crowder who are giving everything. They're giving everything to what they believe in. Um, and we're doing it because we do believe in it, not for getting rich or anything else. And there's a ton of people like this. And you might even be one of them. Um, but I, I, I warn you, you know, we need fresh troops, and it's why I'm so excited about the Blaze and CRTV merger, because there are so many young people in the Blaze and so many young people in CRTV, and those are the new fresh troops. They are nobody can carry this uh, by themselves, um, and the ones who are trying or have tried, uh, they are they're going to they'll be dead. <laughs> they'll be dead. Um, it's too much of a load to bear by yourself. And it's, it's why we really need to come together. We really need to work with each other. We need to hold each other up. We need to stop being competitors. Stop being competitors on so much stuff. Competition is good. But I don't care if you're working for another a company even. I will help you any way, any way I can. And we need to be this way because we're not enemies. We're both striving for the same thing. Unless what you're trying to do is just become famous, then we're not striving for the same thing. But if you believe the things that you're saying and you believe that the country is in real trouble, the, the whole world is in real trouble and we could lose the basic rights of of all humans, not just here. Who's going to step up the plate? Who's going to who's going to take down China and Russia? Who's going to do that if not us? Who's going to make sure that people we're not perfect? But damn, look at what we've done. Look at what we've done. Look how good things have gotten for women in the last forty years. Yes, and it's not perfect today, but 
It's also not what people say it is. It's much better. And we're fighting over nonsense. We're fighting many times over lies or misunderstandings. I ask that you would pray for everybody who is in this business who is fighting. Uh, we cannot lose a single man on on the line. And, uh, and those of us who are on the line do need to sit down from time to time and uh, trust that others will pick up the slack. And I appreciate your prayers, your thoughts, um, and your partnership. If you're a partner with TheBlaze.com, thank you. Uh, I haven't asked people to subscribe to The Blaze for a while because I haven't been really proud of what we were doing. And I wanted to get it right. I wanted to fix it before I asked you to come back and try us. But come back and try us. We are still not perfect. We're still making mistakes. We made tons of mistakes last night. But we are doing a good job. And we're doing things that people are not doing elsewhere. And we need your help and honestly we need your voice and your protection um i i i I can't say franklin's warning enough we all better hang together or we are certainly hang separately i was in that chamber last night they are not fooling around all right let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour it is x chair X-Chair, all office chairs are not the same, and don't I know it, because I've been in our Washington bureau, and this is the furthest thing from an X-Chair. I don't even know how they can call this thing a chair. It is like, uh, I don't know, a log, maybe, and not even a comfortable log, maybe logs with spikes in it. It is the worst damn chair I have ever sat in. Maybe it's because I'm used to the X-Chair. X-Chair is the most comfortable chair. I'm not kidding. When you sit back in an X-Chair, you've got it adjusted right for your back, and you sit back in an X-Chair, and I know this sounds crazy because it's an office chair, but it is as comfortable as any recliner I have ever sat in. Honestly. I mean, you put these things in movie theaters, and I would be thrilled. They are so comfortable, and it's an office chair. Now you can get the, you know, the Super X chair has all the adjustments. You know, I think they're going to take this one to Mars with Elon Musk because it's, it's got everything. And then they also have the X chair Basic, which gives you still the critical mag- uh, you know, magic of the, di- uh, uh, the uh, dynamic uh, variable lumbar, the DVL. Um, and that gives you all the support you need, all the bells and whistles that you really need and use every day that comes with it, except it's at a much, much better price. It's the X Basic. So just go check out all of the different designs and everything else. It's xchairbeck.com. Be in your office chair and be comfortable. Stop the hurting of your back and, I don't know, my butt, my legs, everything from this nightmare chair. Xchairbeck.com. Visit xchairbeck.com or call 844-4XCHAIR. Use the promo code BECK. You're going to get a free foot rest. It's also $100 off. Just use the promo code BECK at 844-4XCHAIR or xchairbeck.com. Here we go. Well, there's a couple of things that... uh, 
I'd like to get to. First, can we just Van Jones and his take on the speech last night? I saw this as a as a psychotically incoherent speech with cookies and dog poop. He, he tries to put together in the what? same speech these warm, uh, uh, c- kind things about hum- humanitarianism and caring about children. At the same time, he is demonizing uh, 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 people who are immigrants in a way that was appalling. Demonizing child no, no, trafficking. No, no, hold on a second. Hold on a second. There were people in Okay, I that can't listen gallery. anymore. This is, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. He was so very clear on his speech that it was not it was drugs it was sex traffickers uh it was criminals that are coming across the border and we want to make it easier for legal immigration he made that very clear last night this is so ridiculous and then cortez who i saw last night uh you know taking selfies during the speech here's what she said I think that uh, the president was unprepared. I don't think that he did his homework. I, you know, we've seen states of the union addresses delivered, uh, delivered by many presidents, Democrat and Republican. They almost always have substantive policies that are offered. I, I agree with Senator Kobuchar there. That Stop. There was no- Stop. I can't. T- you want to talk about being unprepared. Uh, you as a congressperson. Uh, that that might be. Please don't give us the opening to talk about unprepared uh, Ocasio Cortez. Can I ask a question about uh, the whole they're all dressing in white thing too? Um, yes. So you know the idea is the, the suffragettes they're doing it for that. Hey, you know you, we used to not be able to vote. Now we can vote. We used not to be able to in Congress, and now we're in Congress. We are women, mm. and we're here standing up against all the stereotypes that mm. people have for us, and that's why we're mm. making this statement with a fashion mm. choice. Like, I, <laughs> you're all well, dressing up the this. same to tell us that you're not there's no stereo i don't even understand it I, it's like so we we walked out of the we walked out of the state of the union and i met with my security detail and because there were so many people there last night uh i had three of my guys with me uh but there was uh you know they they weren't with me at all in the capital and they were in the capital in another area well, they ran in to these women coming off an elevator, and one of the woman, women said, wow, you guys look like you're part of the Force from Star Wars because they were all wearing black suits. And I'm so mad at them today because one of them wanted to say, yeah, well, you guys look like you're stormtroopers, and maybe you should go back and watch Star Wars because I think you don't really know which is the good side and which is the bad side. But... Uh, it was a interesting thing to declare women power through fashion. You're listening to Glenn Beck.